0: Are you ready to take your business and technology knowledge to the next level? Hi everyone, and welcome to the next episode of One Step Beyond Cyber. And here we focus on conversations around using technology effectively in the business world. I'm Scott Kreisberg, I'm your host. And uh, before we get started today, I just want to have a friendly request. And that is if you get any value from today's uh, content, go ahead and give us a rating and subscribe. As you know, that helps out the channel. Now. Let's introduce our guests um, today. Um, I to start off with Roman. Roman has been uh, with us for a number of years. He's a senior uh, compliance advisor and uh, knows a heck of a lot about uh, this topic that we're going to get into today. In fact, um, the topic for today is uh, uh, one that's been around for quite a while. Uh, it's probably uh, maybe an overused term, but we're going to do a three-part series wow. on the Funny challenge. And today we're actually gonna talk about the broken promise of Omnichannel. So before we get started though, Roman, if you would do the honors and provide our listeners with our disclaimer.
1: Absolutely. So just so everybody knows, the purpose of this podcast is to provide news and information on cybersecurity and technology law and regulations. All the data provided on this site is for informational purposes only and should not be considered legal advice. Wait a minute. And why am I studying for the bar? Oh, oh. Boy,
0: that was like almost like an infomercial there. Thanks you <laughs> all. Uh, all right. Let me get our next guest on right now. This is uh, Kevin McAdam. And Kevin has got nearly 20 years of retail technology experience. He's helped anything from a small business all the way up to billion dollar uh, businesses with their technologies. Extremely uh, well-educated when it comes to this topic today of Omnichannel. He's helped very large corporations implement it. Welcome, Kevin.
2: Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. Hi, Roman.
0: Hey, Kevin. Absolutely. All right, look, let's dive right into it. I think our listeners are going to really want to learn more about this Omnichannel topic. Um, I'd like to just start off today's episode with a really brief explanation of what 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 does everybody already know and think that Omnichannel uh, what was the promise, in other words, of Omnichannel? I'm going to start off with Kevin. And uh, what say you on that?
2: Well, Omnichannel, if you look at the word, it's, it's not actually a real word. It was invented um, not that long ago, maybe 10 years ago or so. And it was invented to describe this experience that people were supposed to have, customers specifically, and brands, brands selling products to customers. And the idea behind it, well, actually, you don't even have to look at the idea behind it. If you look at some of the common definitions, and it has been promoted by consultants and publications and technologists for many, many years. But the the general idea and definition is that it's an approach to sales, marketing, customer service, and distribution that provides a seamless and unified experience, regardless of which channel they're using. We used to only have one channel. We would go to the store and buy stuff. But with the advent of the internet, with the advent of phones, even before that, with the advent of catalog and telephone, smartphones, there's lots of ways to shop now. So the concept of Omni is that there's a seamless experience for the consumer and it allows them to have that experience between the consumer and the brand itself.
0: Absolutely. Yep. I mean, it's a wonderful panacea. Um, So um, there are some people that do this better than others. Um, So uh roman do you have anything to add to that particular definition because you decided a good job with our you know disclaimer uh you, <laughs> must, you must you i thought you were supposed to let, add levity this, this to this uh, uh podcast, <laughs> but you're you know mr legal now.
1: right no um actually kevin hit it on the head it really is uh focused basically on shoppers and brands like we all want one spot to shop that, that's right. what we what we've all asked for um Maybe we asked off a little bit too much, <laughs> and uh, I think that's fun, where the broken right? promises come in, you know. Yeah, well, let's
0: let's let's dive into that. Um, Kevin, um, you know, this is such an interesting topic from your perspective because you've helped so many retailers with this, with this, um, you know, this project. So, you know, what is the perceived broken promise?
2: I think, Scott, that um, the idea even if you look at today, if you look at what Omnichannel is supposed to be, you hear the word seamless and effortless. And um, I have worked with a lot of brands and retailers over the last couple of decades. Um, I've probably done over 20 integration projects for various direct consumer brands and um, every major digital platform and you know, probably every major ERP out there as well, and I can tell you, I haven't run across one yet that was seamless and effortless. And I think that cuts to the core of the broken promise. I have more to say about it, but I think that's the core of it.
0: Okay, so the fact that there's um, uh, too many, uh, you know, nuts and bolts to make this thing work, and it can be a lot more complicated. Um, is that is that true for you, Roman? As well, have you experienced that?
1: yes it kind of goes to that definition of simple and easy right Mm -hmm. uh running a marathon simple right you just do it it's not easy right so these these people that think it's going to be effortless uh, that's that's not that's not my been my experience in the retail industry and compliance at all so got it yeah i can
0: understand that all right well let's let's dive into this um complexity a bit but um you know, have you? You know, the, prior to the pandemic, it seemed like we were on this trajectory that was, uh, um, you know, the the store was was still sort of king, right? And um, uh, unless you were an online only business, and uh, and then the online business was just a component per se of of uh, most most uh, let's say fashion retailers or independent retailers out there, and then this thing. Um, you know, hit, right? The the pandemic occurred and it seemed like it changed extensively. Um uh, Kev, you want to start us off on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that um the pandemic accelerated digital experiences for all of us because we couldn't go outside. So um the uh the need to interact and conduct business specifically, not just interact. I mean we all were interacting digitally. We were doing Zooms zoom blew up all sorts of different um, ways of interacting while we were virtual not physically engaged with other people blew up and commerce was one of them commerce was certainly one of them I, I read some reports that um that that 10 years of digital evolution occurred in six months in 2020 because we had to um that was the only way of doing it um, and so i think you had a lot of brands before that knew what omnichannel was I mean at its core omnichannel is 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 taking the product the inven- the product itself the inventory the customers and the orders of a business and 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 streamlining them across all channels. I mean everyone to do that but you didn't need to do that as much when you primarily got your revenue from stores. When you couldn't do that anymore all of a sudden the need became very very significant to move into an omnichannel experience for for brands specifically. Wow! Right? Absolutely.
0: Uh, Roman, have you noticed like anything different with the consumers um, after the pandemic? Um, are they back to um, you know considering the store the primary source, or has, has this you know post pandemic uh, evolution uh, stuck?
1: Um, honestly, it 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 varies. I think would between industry and industry. Uh, one of the things that I noticed uh, mostly is from that pandem- pre pandemic to uh, to pandemic, not necessarily post, but to pandemic is the need for uh, compliance and security. And I say compliance before security is because nobody was thinking about it. And then all of a sudden we almost doubled in like malware attempts from uh, 2019 to 2020. I mean, that's, that's huge. Anything you have that almost doubles, you know, in within a year is, is insane. So the need for that has changed and it's actually continued to grow since then. So the omni-channel retailers and e-tailers need to look out for that because while we as consumers still want it, we still want that one-stop shop, but we want it to be safe, right? And so that's kind of what I've seen between pre-pandemic and and either pandemic or post-pandemic is is still the necessity for us to feel safe buying online rather than going into the store. Yeah. Do you you mind
2: if I add on to that
1: real real quick, Scott? So it's
2: very interesting that Roman Roman said that because, you know, I said one of the four key things of Omnichannel in terms of the data that needs to be all over the place is customers. And, and you're right. I mean, we saw brands that all of a sudden were doing business online because they had to, but they weren't. That's the broken promise of Omnichannel. It's not easy. It's not seamless. And so they were cutting corners and you saw breaches going up and. You know, pri- customer data information being released, and to the point where the regulate re- the regulators started coming down pretty hard on people because so much customer data was being breached because of just sloppy integrations. Because, like, like I said, Omni channel isn't isn't necessarily it's achievable, but it's not necessarily seamless and easy. And it definitely provided a huge security.
0: Ah. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, <laughs> that is a great. Um, transition into my next uh, question uh, for you, Kevin, is, you know, um, working with many retailers over the years, uh, have you seen that retailers were bolting, let's, you know, bolting onto, let's say, a legacy system, right? Uh, And because of that bolting on component, um, you know, could, could have possibly caused uh, some exposures, like you were sharing there, Roman, as well. Uh, or were you seeing more of the like, you know what, let's scrap this and start from scratch?
2: That's a great question, Scott. I think there was two um, there's two types of companies that needed to adapt to this. One was a new company that was emerging out of a digital first strategy and that wanted to go into stores. and even 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 if I could step back from that, Omnichannel uh, isn't just necessarily a a company with stores and digital. It could be just a digital company that wants to um, be omnichannel digitally. What, What do I mean by that? I mean, like, I have my own website. Great. But so does Amazon. And so does Walmart. And so does Target. And so does Instagram. And so does, you name it. There are, Google, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of online marketplaces where you can market and sell your product each one of those needs customer data because you can't sell to somebody you don't know and so there's an a, a bit of an, a concept that oh as long as i pulled an app off an app store it must be safe right yeah. <laughs> not necessarily i mean those are in often ca- in many cases un- unregulated to it well unregulated is a good way to put it yeah self-regulated app markets right so whether you're um, a, a large brand that had stores, yes, you had a traditional legacy system, generally speaking, that ran those four things, product, inventory, customers, and orders. And now you had to adapt that to an online footprint, so it meant integration. But you also had a lot that were just kind of coming in from a digital first footprint that just assumed that, you know because these things are connected, they must be safe. Um, and then there's a lot of other places where people started to cut corners, because they wanted to get there quick, you know, quick is great. And in the pandemic, especially we had to be quick, quick is often cheap as well, but there are downsides. It, it breaks sometimes it's hard on staff in the stores. We saw that as a big trend. Um, I saw people doing brands and you, you still see it today. Actually, they want to get the omni-channel experience for the customer for like, you know, shop in store, but sell what I don't have in the store meaning like it's a digital experience, but it's in store. But instead of doing that right, they'll actually just put a computer in the store where a customer can check out on the web and type in their credit card. Well, Roman, as your compliance guy, I'm sure i will tell you, PCI doesn't doesn't look too kindly on that. Did they get Omnichannel? Yeah, but that's an example of where some of the security break could occur and a bit of the broken promise, I think. Wow. <laughs> is, yeah. We're,
0: we're going to get into the components of it next. So, but... Uh, Roman, what you know? Ha, do you have any like pros and cons to the way that it was rolled out initially? Because you know, like the pandemic caused, uh, like Kevin said, you know, we all had to dive headfirst into the swimming pool, and um, and it, it was it got a little interesting during during the first, you know, six to nine months.
1: Uh, absolutely, um, I would say uh, you know one of the biggest pro is that it did allow some of the smaller businesses. Um, you know, like Amazon or you know marketplace to to be the crutch that some of these uh companies could lean on right You can now start uh diverting some of your product to other e-tailers out there that you once didn't have right so that that was actually a real huge um leg up for some some companies that knew how to use it um you know good or bad, whether they knew how to use it good or bad. Um, but the con is when you start doing things like that. Um, now, when you yes, when you go with a larger company, you expect some sort of security. But let's say you don't. You start going off and build your own e-commerce site and your own, you know, website that people could now purchase on. A lot of times, what happens is they're splitting databases because you you go into any shoe store in America, whatever shoe store you like, at one point in time, all of their database material was on site, right? So that means your names, your shoe sizes, if they kept your credit card or not, um, was all in one spot. But now I've got this other place that I've got to upload that data to so that when they come back or when they come there for the first time, it's like they've already been there and they don't have to jump through hoops. Well, now that's two points of failure that you have and that's just opening one site. So I'd say that was a real big con and not a lot of people knew how to deal with that. Um, But that comes with, like Kevin has mentioned, integration, right? Okay. Let me take your database on-prem. Let me show you how to use it in the cloud, but use it securely and encrypted whenever it's transmitting. So, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. And it's just,
0: you got to weigh, you got to weigh those out, right? So yeah. yeah, those are all good points. So listen, I would like to dive into what, what are, um, the intricate components of of omni channel of uh, uh, let's say we want to focus on data management and um, some of the operational complexities. Uh, Kevin, yeah, you know, you want to maybe respond to something like that? Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd love to I I mentioned earlier, kind of um, uh, high level, what do you what information and and Roman described it, it? Great, you have data, what data needs to be at different locations in 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 terms of technology, you have product data. That means like, what do I sell? Well, that's obviously gotta be everywhere that you wanna be omnichannel. It's gotta be on your marketplaces. It's gotta be on your website. It's gotta be in your stores. And and listen, there are other channels too. Um, we haven't talked about business to business, but B2B is a massive growing trend right now, and it could be considered an omni-channel channel because it's just another channel. I still have product, I still have customers, I still have orders, I still have inventory. I'm just selling it at a different, different, different price point. Um, so you've got product, you've got inventory, which means how much do I have of of what I have? So that I can sell it. And this becomes really critical in omni channel experiences online, because if you want to allow customers to shop the product that you have in the stores, that better be accurate, because if it's not, you're going to have an upset customer. And there's actually more potential loss in, you know, in, in, in the value of the brand from from doing that wrong than from not doing it at all. Mm. Um, so inventory, and then you need customer data. Obviously you need customer data to be everywhere. And along with customer data, there's other things like stored value gift cards, um, virtual gift cards, we're all used to them now. We've all got our loyalty points. We like our loyalty points, all that stuff that goes with the customer's identities. Um, and then you've got orders. What what orders are being, being processed and how are they being filled? Um, I mentioned earlier the channels, you've got your online channel or channels, like I said, Marketplaces, hundreds of them, uh, direct selling. Like you can chat with somebody on a website now and be connected with an associated store and actually complete a transaction directly with them. Uh, you've got your stores, and stores are hot right now. They're coming back. I think that was the other promise, broken promise of Omnichannel, but I know we're going to talk more about that later. And then, like I said, uh, business to business, um, B2B. Um, you could also have things like pop-ups, franchise, wholesale. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it, but those are the the big components. There were also some very specific transactions that people define as omni um, and These were the ones that I think also led to a bit of a broken promise because technology companies in particular selling technology, they, they, they want you to get their technology. So they hyped these really hard, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. Buy online, return in store. Buy online, ship from store. Buy online, pick up in store. Whether it's curbside or whether it's in store, same day delivery. I want this same day. I want to be shopping online and have it delivered to me. Um, so those are some of the bits and parts of of omni channel that, that we could certainly dive into a little more.
0: Yeah, and we will. Like this is a this is a big topic. So, um, well, let's see here. Since we have a data expert here um, in Mister Mister Roman. Uh, what, what's your perspective, let's say, on all of the data? You mentioned it a little bit, saying it used to be locally only, and now it's spread over. And then Kevin just kind of echoed that is the same way. What 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 should a retailer be looking for and doing, let's say, uh, to 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 protect that data?
1: Well, there's there's quite a bit actually that they need to do to protect it. Um, you have data in transit, you have data at rest, right? So those are for your your cyber uh, you know, criminals, bad guys, bad actors—whatever you want to call them—they're um, trying to get data, right? Like that—that's their goal. Um, there's actually been a, a an uptick of um, encrypted malware, not for the purpose of uh, extortion, but just to do it. I mean, it's insane. That's bad guys are bad. Um, just the thrill of
2: it, huh? Wow. Yeah
1: yeah. And so uh, they, they much time on their hands. <laughs> exactly. So you, you have those two pieces, but then you also have something else that comes into, uh, to play, which helps or could help the bad guys, um, win. And what that is, is say my name was Michael, but I go by Mike or maybe I go by my middle name, Trey, you know? And so if I go into a store and I've been going to any pharmacy USA, um, for you know years and years, and I'm picking up my prescription, and they know be my Mike, um, but then I have to put in Michael online because it's asking for a full name. Now I have two bits of data that don't match in the database, same person. So if somebody then goes and types in Michael and tries to steal my prescription or get my information, well, it might not match the original database, but now your online database is. I don't want to say corrupted because that's not the right word, but it's, it's a skew. So do you have a database manager that goes through there and checks that stuff? Hey, is Michael, you know, really supposed to be Mike or, um, so you, you have certain things that aren't consistent. Your inconsistencies between, uh, data need to be addressed. I pay with one credit card in the store. I used another credit card online, right? So, are they stored at the store? Is that stored online? These are all valid questions for database administration and for your data to um, to be consistent everywhere. Because if you start, the more you start doing it, oh, I'm going by Mike, sometimes I go by Michael, sometimes I go by my middle name. You're literally just giving all of these ingresses to anybody that wants to try and steal your identity or steal product or, you know, heaven forbid do an email compromise on a business or literally break in through a system because now they know you go by Mike instead of Michael when you're at work. Right. 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 Little things like that for your database um, is, is huge for any retailer, any e-tailer. Got it. And that's, that's what I saw.
0: Yeah. That's a lot to, a lot to, you know, consider when you're doing this. Yeah. yeah. So Kevin, is there uh, any risks uh, or rewards, let's say, uh for the concept of say buying online uh and then picking up in the store that sort of model or is that pretty straightforward nowadays
2: uh, i wouldn't say it's straightforward at all scott yeah there, there's certainly risks this is part of that you know the the broken promise that it's all it was all going to be easy and i keep talking about this but i want to reiterate omnichannel is achievable it absolutely is it's just not the necessarily like Roman said, running a marathon is also achievable. It <laughs> doesn't mean I'm going to go do it tomorrow. <laughs> it takes work. It takes work and, and, and effort. And I think there's there's pros and cons of you know taking a more manual approach or you know having systems that are not properly integrated um, versus doing omni-channel right with the integration. Um, and I think buy online, pickup in stores is a great example of that. You know, you could. Um, kind of organize around doing it through integration quite easily. I could take an order and I could email it to my store and I could say, pull this product off the shelf, the customer is going to come in and they could. And the customer could come in it could go great. But do you know how many points of failure there are right there? Um, And as I mentioned before, a lot of brands said, okay, this is it. This is the bar we got to get to buy online, pick up in store. And for some businesses, it really makes sense. Um, If you've ever done, like big order pickups like when i order 40 pounds of wood pellets for my smoker from walmart it's so great to be able to pull up in the parking lot and have them come and lug that stuff out of the store and put it in the back of my truck it's a lot easier but if i'm buying a luxury pair of jeans i ain't gonna do that i want to go try them on if they're 250 300 pair of jeans i want to go try them on and the benefit for the store is to get me in because now i can go ahead and i can shop more and it's great but the risk of, of doing that, if I'm a, you know, a, a specialty retailer that doesn't have a lot of product in my store or a fashion retailer that I might have very little product in my store, if I get that wrong, the lifetime value of that customer, especially in a luxury environment where an average transaction is hundreds of dollars, that customer could be worth tens of thousands of dollars lifetime. If you have them leave work, drive to the store, come in, expect to get their stuff and it's not there, oh man, you lost them that's just it. You lost them. And um, there's another study I saw recently talking to Roman's point about the risks associated with this. 80 some odd percent of customers I saw surveyed said they would stop doing business with a brand if they breached their customer data. So there's another risk in there. Um, So I think all of these workflows that we call them about omni-channel, they could potentially be a great boon to the business, but they need to be evaluated professionally see, okay, what are we actually going to get out of this? And then what's the you know, what's it gonna take to get there and what's the risk of doing it before we we actually do it. Customer experience is everything. The whole promise of Omnichannel is a great customer experience. If I cut corners on it to get the transaction done, buy online, return in store is another great example. A lot of companies will try and do buy online, return in store, but because their systems aren't properly integrated, they can't do something like an exchange. You ever bought something in a retail store and wanna change it for something else? That's an expectation. Online systems don't usually understand the concept of an exchange, they understand a return. So if you go to a system, a store that hasn't properly integrated, buy online return in store, and now I can't actually exchange it, I have to return it in one transaction and then buy something else in another. Most customers will just say, forget it, just take it back instead of keeping the sale i lost the sale so those are all just some examples of the risks of doing this but the rewards are great as well because when you do wow that customer and they're like man that was easy that was cool it went right back on my credit card the one i used on the online transaction they didn't have to take it i did an exchange not only that they gave me a discount for buying something else in the store now i increased my sale so hopefully that explains it a little bit Scott.
0: It explains it, and it's, uh, it, it, it shows why uh, people like the two of you exist. Retailers need your ex- uh, expertise to help them through this. We're pretty much out of time uh, for this episode, but um, I will remind everyone that we've got two more episodes coming up. For today, I want to thank all our viewers for um, watching or listening on our podcast. Uh, Kevin, thank you for your time. Roman, as usual, always a pleasure to have you on. And um, remember... Go ahead and give us a rating and subscribe if you so do so. All right, guys, have a great day and thank you very much. We'll talk to you guys soon.